we bring in Jeremy, who I had the good pleasure of meeting at Vid Summit. Jeremy, great to see you again. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, so I, I love what you guys are doing um, with with VidIQ. You're really um, kind of getting in there with people and showing them how they can make better use of, of YouTube. Talk a little bit about um, how people can get started with VidIQ. Well, yeah, uh, I'm sure you'll have a link somewhere in the description of this show uh, that people can can download the vidIQ software for free. Uh, a lot of our tools are actually free. A lot of people don't know this, but a ton of amazing things. You know, a lot of tools, especially in marketing, their free versions aren't very good. Right. Ours is pretty amazing. Like a lot of people just use the the free version of our software. So yeah, I just install it. It's a Chrome extension. And essentially what it does is it overlays stuff um, as you're using YouTube. So it's in line with YouTube. So it's really, really easy to see all kinds of cool uh, features. What's your favorite feature so far in vidIQ? Wow. Um, I, you know, I'm just scratching the surface. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at like the the ratio of likes to dislikes. I'm looking at uh, the scoring of, you know, did I do all the things that I need to do? Oh, you know, I haven't been adding end cards. I haven't been... Uh, you know, there's certain little things, my titles maybe are a little too long. So, I mean, just in, in digging in quickly, I'm already noticing a, a whole bunch of things that, you know, I, I could be doing, I could be doing better already. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, so talk to, talk first, um, and, and I'm going to put the link up, uh, after the show. So you can go over to live stream deals at any time and check out and learn about the product. But I'll put the link for uh, that free uh, offering from Jeremy, which he was good enough to uh, bring us. I will put that in after the show. Uh, but talk about first about what people um, can can start doing as soon as they download uh, that that free Chrome extension. Sure. One of the most immediate things you're going to see is when you're watching a YouTube video on the right hand side, you're going to see all kinds of cool stats. For example, you can see how people, what tags they're using, for example. You can see the likes to dislike ratios. You can see the social engagement. You can see um, Twitter chat in history. Um, so there's all kinds of amazing things that you can actually see for every video on YouTube. And it's really, really advantageous when you are trying to figure out what the competition is doing compared to you. Not to steal what they're doing, but to understand what's working and what's not working. Yeah, yeah. And, and what are what are a few of the things that you, you think most people who maybe haven't been using a tool to help them or haven't been digging in to some analytics beyond just, wow, are people watching this or not watching this and how many are watching and you know, that yeah. kind of thing. What are some of the most important metrics you think uh, for people just getting started with vidIQ to to pay attention to? I think probably the most important thing to use is called our channel audit tool. And this is a really, really interesting tool. At, at first glance, a lot of people kind of dismiss it. They're like, okay, there's some stuff. But when you really start understanding what this tool does, um, I was talking to someone with over 5 million views today about this tool. And he's like, Jeremy, I use this tool every single day. And it's it's the channel audit. So the top of the channel audit shows you how you're doing on views and subscribers and, you know, just the basics month over month, which honestly, 
most of the software, including YouTube itself, doesn't really show you month over month very easily. So it's just kind of cool to say like, okay, how's the health of my channel, you know, from 30 days ago till now. So that's pretty cool. And then we do something that as far as I know, no other software does. We show you content to double down on based on what's working the best. So we show you the top up to the top 20 videos that have the best um, watch time, the best views, the most engagement. Uh, my favorite is subscribers gained. So it shows you the, the top 20 videos based on uh, how many subscribers are happening. And I really like that metric because it shows me, hey, for some reason, this particular video did better in building an audience than all these other videos. So we have tons of metrics of, of based on your goals, if it's watch time or view uh, audience retention or engagement or subscriber mm -hmm. growth, we tell you exactly what videos are working. Underneath that, we actually show you all the videos that are doing the worst. So, <laughs> so we show you how you're doing, what's working, what's not working. And then one of my favorite features of all of vidIQ, we actually show if your tags, titles, descriptions are too short or long, we show you what those videos are. You can go click on them and, and you know update those videos. We also show you what videos are missing a, um, a card or an end screen or a playlist or a custom thumbnail. It'll actually generate a list of all the videos missing those items. And you can literally inline go click the edit on that video and go update those, those things. So the recap, the tool shows you how you're doing, it shows you what's working the best so you can double down and do more of that content, what content not to do anymore based on metrics. And then it shows you what actionable items you can take on YouTube to make it better. Well, I, I mean, I, I thought at VidSummit that Daryl Leaves, who's the, the founder of VidSummit, was a guest on, on the show last month. His, his talk was amazing in terms of you know what to look at with, with average watch time and and um really about how how your videos getting recommended getting suggested is is where 70% of of your your views are going to come from and how important it is to create content that does get suggested and uh, you know i i saw that so much of his presentation and his analytics came from uh doing the channel audits of of yep. himself and his clients on on vidIQ and so that that was super Super impressive. You, it mentions uh, your channel audit or your 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 feedback will tell you what videos aren't doing very well or your worst performing, as you put it very bluntly. Um, and so that's where my question the other day came from uh, on the webinar where I said, well, do you want to delete those or do you want to make them invisible? And you sort of uh, kind of looked like, well, why would you want to do that? So I, I'm getting the sense that what you want to do is try and repair what's not working, not necessarily delete an underperforming video. You know, a lot of times what I do for, for what I've done in the past for brands is de-optimize underperforming videos. Um, if it's off brand or it's really bad or you think it's hurting your channel, then yeah, unlist it um, or set it to private. But most of the time, I just tell everyone to don't worry about the past and focus on the future. Um, if that video is really, really just dogging it or people hate it or if it's off brand or it doesn't represent who you are, sure, unlist it or delete it. 
However, most of the time, you know, a, a video may not necessarily be bad. It just may have not been well received. So typically, I'm just a big believer of moving forward. And the reason I say that is when you unlist or delete a video, you actually lose the views and engagement from that video. Okay. So ultimately, you could be theoretically harming your channel if you're unlisting and deleting decent videos. Right, right. So where where that question came from from me was not that there's anything wrong with the videos that I was thinking of other than a lack of views, but they were videos that were for a certain day. So right. in other words, I was treating at that time, I was basically treating YouTube more like an archive or a portfolio. I take my work from elsewhere and I put it up on YouTube and I'm not really that wor wasn't worried about optimizing it or anything like that. Just if somebody found my channel in a Google search or whatever. Okay. So now there's some examples of what I do. Um, but now that I'm thinking more strategically about what I want to do with the channel and wanting to build it up, I was wondering those, those, uh, videos that were about a certain day in time. Like I was talking about what live stream shows were happening in November of 2016. Nobody really has any interest in ever going back and not even me would want to yeah. go back. Yeah, and no, I, I agree with that for sure. Now, if those daily videos had 10,000 views and, you know, a lot of engagement, then that's a different story. Yes, that video lived in the past, but you should get credit for it as well. But if it has three views, maybe start to think. Yeah, just delete them. Don't, don't even think about it. Uh, if it doesn't have a lot of benefit to your channel, then, then there's no reason to keep them for sure. Don't just just don't just keep it so that you have the upload number or you have no. the four views per vi you know. <laughs> don't worry about any of that. And 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 is there a difference between um setting it to private and deleting it? Like if you want to just use YouTube as an archive to have it or whatever. Yeah, I mean private, you still own you know, you're still gonna have it. You can download the video in the future. And deleted is gone. You know, you can never retrieve it again. So typically I set things to private. I, I almost never delete something unless the brand I'm working with doesn't actually have rights to that content anymore. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty much the only time we delete something. If there's like a copyright claim um, or something uh, wrong with the content that you never want that to go live again. Right, right, right. Um, our friend uh, Lenny Besterman says it's been very hard for him to get traction on YouTube. Um, I hear that from a lot of people. I've experienced it with a lot of videos myself. Um, what does it take to to really energize a channel or to get a, a video uh, to get views? What is, is there a magic sauce? Is there there, there really is? You know, the, the, the first thing that most people get wrong is when you're starting, like, let's say you have under a thousand subscribers, mm -hmm. unless you're famous, you probably need to answer questions people are asking. Mm -hmm. So instead of if you're a baker, instead of just making cakes, you want to search on YouTube and the what auto populates will pull up when you type in how to bake a cake. It'll say something like how to bake a princess cake. So you can find it. You can find exactly what people are searching for. And I call this passion plus intent. So you take your passion and you make amazing videos about what you love, but you mix that 50% with what answering questions people are actually asking every day on YouTube. And that power, um, 
will allow people to start finding your content more often. Another thing I highly recommend is having a complete focused niche channel and making sure that you have what I like to call channel focused keywords. So you want a phrase um, like how to bake a princess cake. And then you want to make that phrase, the main phrase, like a series of videos, kind of like um, I worked with a big shaving company Mm -hmm. And we made hundreds of videos on how to shave and we ranked number one in the world for almost every one of those terms. So having a broader topic than what your video is about is, is really, really an important if you want to dominate a specific term. Why you want to dominate a specific term is think about it this way. Let's say you launch two videos a week and you're putting out videos on how to make a princess cake. Mm -hmm. So you get a honeymoon phase with those videos for like seven to 72 hours, you have a honeymoon phase. So you're going to rank higher for that term than you normally would. If you put out two or three videos a week, theoretically, you're going to rank higher for a term than you normally could 24 seven. Wow. So that's the idea. The concept is to become an authority on one thing. The way YouTube's candidate engine works, according to a, a white paper I read several years ago, is YouTube looks at their past search history and tries to match that with your content. So if your channel's about everything, YouTube's going to not know what to do with you. But if your channel's about you know, surfing in 2018 on a specific beach, YouTube will know exactly what to do with your content. So niching down and focusing, you know, you want to be the underwater basket weaver in 2018. Right, right, right. So even like if my channel say focused on live streaming and I wanted to do something uh, focused on podcasting or whatever, should I do a separate channel for that and then just go really deep or are they closely enough related that, you know, you'd say, keep them on the same channel. I would say that if you can find, for example, Seth Godin talks about all forms of marketing, right? right. He could talk about web design. He could talk about social media. He could talk about analytics. He could talk about anything he wants because he's Seth Godin. Famous. So <laughs> my recommendation to you is to find something that overarcs all of the topics you're talking about within marketing, mm. if that makes any sense. Like for example, um, something like uh, a very, I don't like this topic, but a very popular topic for entrepreneurs is how to make a hundred dollars a day online. Right. Millions of people are searching for those terms a month. And instead of talking about becoming an Amazon affiliate, instead of talking about a specific way to make money, they're answering the bigger question. So if you could answer a bigger question about marketing, like getting more leads or, you know, whatever that, that passion plus intent is, then you can talk about web design. You can talk about social media. You can talk about HubSpot, but you have to find that overarching bigger thing that you you believe in and match that with search intent wow yeah so there's there's a lot there's a lot that's to it now talk about real quick about um somebody has the uh the chrome extension what is the what is the next step to get more insights to get a full channel audit where 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 do they go or what do they do uh yeah it's it's really si simple. When you install the Chrome extension, you're just going to start seeing vidIQ logos all over the place when you're in YouTube. 
Um, when you're watching a video, you're going to see it on the, the right-hand side. You're going to see all these amazing stats on any video you watch. And then on the left-hand side, you're going to see a place for competitors. You're going to see trend alerts. You're going to see uh, most viewed. You're going to see channel audit. So on the left-hand side, you're going to click on all of those awesome things. You can track competitors. You can actually get emailed when someone goes over a VPH or views per hour velocity. Wow. So let's say I'm making my princess cakes and a video gets uh, over 400 views per hour. I can actually get an email. It'll notify me and I can go see what's going on. So maybe I can ride that trend. Um, competitors, I can know exactly what's going on with my competitors. If uh, I wanted to see what's trending on YouTube, we could watch, we could click on most viewed and you can search by uh, channel size. You can search by keywords. So you can know exactly what is trending the hardest within mm -hmm. your particular niche. We look forward to continuing to learn more about vidIQ and checking out all the resources